So we continue our discussion, and um, he left off here, what, with the idea that if Vishnu is not an expansion or avatar, depending on how you look at him as Narayan expansion or as Vishnu as an avatar, of Krishna, then um, and it's the other way around, and Krishna is the avatar of Narayan, and there's no there's no hope for the uh, pursuit of the full face of love as we know it in its varied forms, fraternal, parental, romantic, and so forth. No hope of experiencing that and the intimacy that that constitutes with with the Godhead. Hmm? Rather, we have this, what would you call it, I guess, agape, hmm? a kind of a, a reverential, awe-inspired love that creates some distance between the object of love and the, uh, really one, one, almost one, one want to call it love, but worship, hmm? a distance between the object of worship and the worshiper. Hmm? In, as we know, in fraternal love and in parental love and in romantic love, that distance is, that gap is bridged. Hmm? And so it is with the idea of, of rag bhakti that um, is the ideal of our tradition and that is uh, illustrated in or played out, uh, manifest in the, the pastoral leelas of Krishna, not even in the city leelas of Mathura and Dwarka, but in the, the pastoral leelas that this tenth canto of the book is centered on. Hmm? Really, it builds up to a point where Krishna goes to Mathura and Dwarka, and, and although, although those chapters make up a greater balance of the book, properly understood, they are all reflecting back on the pastoral leela and the condition of the uh, inhabitants there in the apparent absence of Krishna. It's a big subject, their love and separation. So the idea, of course, is what? You might think, well, what about Ram? Hmm? Ram is, you know, Ram Chandra from the Surya Vamsa, from the Sun Dynasty, as it's thought. Um, he was human-like also. Hmm? He had a mother and a father and brothers and so forth. He is said to have an abode in Vaikuntha called Ayodhya. Hmm? But you can't enter there except by Dasya Bhakti. You cannot become the brother of Ram. You cannot become a Sita. You cannot become a Koshalya or whatever, a mother of, uh, of Ram. That's not possible. But the very fact that there is such a, dom- a dimension hmm, where Narayan in some form in the paravyom, in, in, in the super-subjective world beyond time and space, in the trans-temporal, trans-spatial realm, hmm? similar to that thing in our head called consciousness, hmm? that uh, defies time and space. In that realm, hmm? we find Ayodhya. They're not ayan in, in a human-like form as Ram, the warrior, has a mother, has a father, has, a, has, has brothers, he is experiencing fraternal love with his brothers and parental love. Hmm? 
uh, from his parents, and he has romantic love with with Sita. Hmm? But you can only go there like Hanuman and become a Dasya. That is the world of Vaikuntha. But the fact that Narayan has, in this one place, hmm, one corner, if you will, I mean, it's hard to talk about because it's obviously, as I say, beyond time and space. These distances there are by feeling. Hmm? Here we have very small feelings. We have selfishness. We are mean-spirited, so to speak. Hmm? We have to be on the take, so it's small in that way. If we stop taking, we go to a very spacious dimension, Brahman. Hmm? But if we go from Brahman to Vaikuntha, it starts to look small again. We're talking about planets and forms and people and so forth. And if we go to Goloka hmm, and the pastoral leelas of Krishna, it's very small. It's a tiny little village. Hmm? You wouldn't even register in Vaikuntha. <laughs> it's just like, huh? Something? Philo? Where's that? Hmm? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's not even on the San Francisco map, is it? It's done on the, now it's on a GPS. It didn't used to be on it. Couldn't find it. But what's happening there, what we're finding is not that the space is becoming limited and smaller as it appears. It's becoming bigger and more spacious by measure of affection. Hmm? So in Brahman, there's peace. There's quiet, there's stillness. Hmm? There's no more taking. I am, I exist, hmm? and I'm like pure consciousness, like Brahman. Hmm? It's peaceful, it's quiet, it's contentless, whatever that is, awareness, contentless awareness. But it's not like a real, it's not like a real loving space. The love or the ananda, the joy there is the joy of not being in confined by time and space and being a taker as time and space kind of fosters upon us a need to we have a time and a space a cell and a sentence and we got to get going we got to keep on the move or it appears that we may not exist at some time we're threatened with the possibility of non-existence that's not very comfortable hmm? So to be free from that, oh, that's very comfortable. It's a big, ah. Hmm? So this is the ananda of Brahman. It's, ah, relief. Hmm? It's just like if, I, if you found out you had cancer and you had a month to live, oh, goodness, and you have to tell your friends and you have to tell yourself, I got cancer. And, and then, then suddenly the nurse calls and says, oh, but we had the wrong chart. You know, it was somebody else. And it just, ah, oh, good. Uh, but then there's more to do than just, ah, right? You, you, you want to get out and meet your friends and tell them and so on and so forth. Love is peace plus. Hmm? You want peace and love, not just peace. Hmm? Make peace. End the war of my life of exploitation and taking that the bodily conception of life, the mental, psychological conception of self is fostering upon me, just by its very nature. End that war and have peace. But now we want peace and love. Love requires movement, distance, uh, difference, variety, and so forth. So as we move from the small world of taking, it's very small-minded, narrow, and ugly, 
Hmm? No matter how we decorate it. And go to Brahman. There's some beauty there, some charm you're not taking, but it's often say, as I often say, not taking is part of giving, but it's not the full face of giving that, that love is about, giving. Hmm? If we move from Brahman to Vaikuntha, again, it starts unlimited space. Hmm? Brahman is everywhere. You've identified with the Godhead is everywhere. There's omniscience and omnipresence. That's pretty cool. But if you're everywhere and you know everything, then there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to do. Hmm? You already know what's going to happen, so it's, it has its confines in another sense. Hmm? And there's nobody to love. And you've got to find somebody to love. I've heard it right here in San Francisco. So, Tubaikuntha, to the world of bhakti. Hmm? There's no bhakti in Brahman. Hmm? Therefore, there's no movement. Bhakti is making the movement. Bhakti is making, giving Bhagwan shape, qualities, movement. And from Brahman to Vaikuntha, it sounds like we're getting smaller now. There's forms and shapes, and I thought we were supposed to get away from forms and shapes, but these forms and shapes and this specificity is fostering affection and love. The more you know about someone and details, the more there is to know, the more there is to love. The loving person or a person who's an object of love. So in Vaikuntha, then it's actually getting bigger and more spacious because love is accommodating. If you get to Golok, you get to a very small place it appears geographically or existence looks small and knowing. Sat and Chit look very small there. They don't know even anything. All this stuff. <laughs> they don't know all this philosophy. Hmm? It's all on the, on the, buried in the ground there. Hmm? It's all underground. It's the art, it's the canvas on which the art is drawn. Hmm? Yeah. But the love side or aspect of the Satchit Ananda equation looms very large there. And as I often say, and we have experience, if you love someone, well, you can live in a tree or a, hole or a cave under a rock. Or something like that. It, 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 and that, at the same time, is the biggest space, the most meaningful existence and the most meaningful knowing, a loving existence, full throttle, and a, and a loving knowing. Indeed, loving is the end of knowing. Rajavidya, manmanabhavamadbhakto, he says. From the beginning and end of the ninth chapter of the Gita. The king of knowledge, what is it? Love me, that's all. Hmm? So in Baikunta, it's a big place. Hmm? But all of the love there, the feeling, the sentiment, is all reverential. And in Ayodhya, the abode of Ram, we find something peculiar, as I say. Narayan, in that form, has a mother and a father. What Ram Dham, if you will, Ayodhya is doing is pointing to Goloka. It's pointing to there's a possibility of fraternal love. There's a possibility hmm, of uh, parental love with the absolute. There's a possibility of romantic love. Hmm? You can't have it there with Ram. You have to be like Hanuman. Adasya, hmm? uh, servitude. Hmm? But 
in a way, it's pointing, and this is the Mahavaikuntha. Hmm? It has to be different from Vaikuntha because the standard fare in Vaikuntha across the board hmm, is Dasya Bhakti. It means love in servitude to the master, like love between the teacher and, and the student, something like that. It's nice. Hmm? It's beautiful. It's the high end of love in this world. Hmm? And it's the low end of love in that world. Hmm? Only thing lower is compassion. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Compassion is for this world. It's big in this world, and people need it. <laughs> we need it. Hmm? But in Golok, there's no need for compassion. Hmm? There they have, Mother Yasoda has some karunya, some compassion for Krishna. Hmm? That's very peculiar. Hmm? Hmm? Karunya rasa. Hmm? Some empathy for Krishna. Some compassion, for like parents have for children, something like that. Hmm? So, we ended on this point. I better get going with the rest of it. That, uh, that, that Bhagavan is... Who is this Bhagavan Krishna who appears? He whose angsa lives in Vaikuntha. Hmm? He whose angsa lives in Vaikuntha. And what? Abhatiriya yador bhangshe Bhagavan bhuta bhavana krittavan yani vishvatma taninyo vishtarat. Very peculiar here, or very interesting, I should say. He says, Raj Parikshit, Bhagavan Bhutabhavana, the purpose of your abhatirya, Yadobam, say, the purpose of your appearing, descending, abhatara means, tara means to cross, abha, from up to down, to cross from up to down. Hmm? The, 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 the purpose of your appearance, your descent, and appearance in the Yadu family, the family of the moon dynasty, as we are explaining, Hmm? Is, is what? Is Bhagavan Bhuta Bhavana to give Bhava hmm? to everyone. <laughs> a very nice thing. This is the goal of sadhana. Bhakti in practice, the goal is bhakti in ecstasy. And the culture of bhakti in ecstasy results in bhakti in love of God. Sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, prem bhakti. Hmm? We should do our sadhana for a purpose, our practice for a purpose, to attain bhava. There are so many stages, from initial faith to, to growing the faith practically by associating with others of like-mindedness uh, who are affectionate towards us as well, hmm? like all of you. Hmm? Uh, in that context of, of associating with saintly people, Someone, someone stands out. She's very attractive and compelling. Uh, he speaks very nicely in such a way that answers our questions, almost as if he or she, that figure amongst all the sadhus, speaks, is articulating what it sounds like. That's what I wanted to say. I feel like that. Hmm? It's not an artificial, foreign kind of imposition. Yeah, she says it like that, and I feel like that. Yes. Hmm? Because why? The guru is hmm, Krishna in the heart, and he appears representationally outside as a sadhu. So among so many sadhus, in our growing of our initial faith in their company, 
someone will stand out. Hmm? And then that siksha, that instruction that he or she gives, will capture our heart in such a way that we will then capture him or her. Now you have to accept me. Hmm? So there's the law of love. Hmm? Yes, I will accept you as my student. I must do that. Hmm? And I'm humbled by that. Hmm? And then we learn to live within certain parameters that constitute bhakti. And, and as we do, there's some fire of ordeal there in our practice where we learn to accept things that are favorable to bhakti and let go of things that are not. Hmm? And as we are successful in this kind of... Um, there's a learning curve to it. So there's ups and downs there. It's a given. Hmm? Come in. Welcome. Hmm? Please make, make room. More guests. Move forward. Thank you. Hmm? Then gradually our practice becomes steady. Hmm? Fixed. Irrevocable. Hmm? Hmm? This is when it, spiritual life becomes experiential on a regular inter, internal life is um, turned on, so to speak. And from consistent engagement, mental absorption in bhakti comes taste. So as I said earlier, the, the medicine becomes now food. Hmm? You don't have to be told to chant hmm? it's, or to read or to think about Krishna. It's natural. Hmm? And from that comes attachment to Krishna, that minus, my-ness, he's mine. Hmm? And from there we enter into then bhava-bhakti, bhakti and ecstasy. Hmm? And this bhava, he says, bhagavan bhutabhavana, hmm? yadubhamse abhatiriya. He appears in the outer dynasty to give bhava to the world. Hmm? This is Krishna. Hmm? Krishna is depicted by Krishna's Kabirash Goswami in Chaitanya Charitamrita as not being very turned on by reverential love. He says, they wave lights at me and incense things like that. And I don't know. They, they don't just say, eat, will you? It's getting cold. Hmm? They, that's no, that doesn't do a lot for me. Hmm? Therefore, I want to come to the world and show them... Hmm? My world of these, of these, these four bhavas, really three bhavas: Vatsalya, hmm? Sakya, Madhurya. These are the forces of the world. It's not, as I say, gravity, weak and strong, nuclear energy, electromagnetic force. These are not the forces of the world. <laughs> this is, and that's not the, the objective world, as we said earlier. That we don't even know if it exists. It's a, it's a premise that science is, is based on that. There's a, there's, a, there's a world out there. <laughs> we don't know that. We can't prove that. We know that we exist. That's all we know. The subjective world is the real world. Grow that. Hmm? That starts on, a, uh, on an undeniable premise. I exist. Hmm? No guesswork there. Hmm? Maybe there's a world, a physical world. Let's check it out. But are you there? <laughs> so, so, or is it just me? Hmm? So grow in the subjective world is the idea. Hmm? And deep in there, this is where we find this Krishna Leela. Hmm? And it's made up of these, these feelings. And these are the same feelings that really run, so to speak, this world. This is what's really driving us. Hmm? We are driven by the forces of parental love, friendly love, 
the love of the servant for the master, romantic love, and so forth. So it was making the world go round. And therefore, Bhagavan, Mudabhavana, Abhatirna, Yadavabhang say, he who appears in the outer dynasty to give, to give Bhava to the world is also described here as Vishvatma. Vishvatma means Vishva, the world, the universe, Atma, the soul of the world. What does it mean? Hmm? He, the soul of the world. There's different ways to think of the soul of the world. The Gita says, what? The Vishva, the world, Dharyate is being sustained by Jiva Bhuta, by, by consciousness. Hmm? Again, if there is a world, we, of course we accept that there is <laughs> from the sacred text, but you wouldn't know without that, you couldn't be sure. Hmm? Hmm? So, so consciousness is driving the world, obviously it's what gives it meaning, right? Matter only matters because it matters to us. If it mattered independent of consciousness, no one would know about it. No, who could, who could, there's no one to care about it or to matter about it. So, so values, meaning, purpose, it all comes from consciousness, right? Hmm? That's what the world's about. Hmm? Feeling. And love, ultimately. You take, you know, like, a guy that's a super bow and dome or whatever it's called, super game, and he hits a home run, World Series. It's the bottom of the ninth, you know, and uh, whatever. The bases are loaded and, and so forth, and you have all these details. He hits the ball, and it traveled at this speed, and it was hit at that trajectory, and it went this many feet, and it landed there, and so forth. That's not what gets the crowd on the feet, all those mathematical descriptions of what happened. Hmm? There's some emotional content there hmm? that's driving the whole... This is what we mean by rasa, emotional peak. Of course, it's, it's material, but the point is, this is how the world's driven. Driven is a love-driven world. We cannot rest until we find love. Hmm? When we find love, it has an orbit of its own as well. So... Hmm? So if we find spiritual love, we won't rest either. And if we find spiritual love in the full sense of the term, there's no resting. Krishna never rests. Hmm? Narayan, he does quite a bit of sleeping. Hmm? Mahavishnu, oh, he's half his life is spent sleeping. Hmm? But where bhakti is more prominent, the more animated the absolute becomes. Hmm? Again, if God is Brahman, then Brahman is everywhere, how can he move? If he knows everything, omniscient, what's there to do? Hmm? You have to play. If you get bored, then you have to play. That is Leela. Hmm? Krishna plays really well. And lost in the play. Hmm? And that gives us a chance to enter there. But it's a very animated world. Hmm? And the animating force, the driving force, is bhakti, is love, not attachment. Love. Hmm? Healthy attachment, if we could say, but not like the attachment here that's the womb from which suffering is born. Rather, a, a love that's, that's arrived at by, sa- a, an attachment that's arrived at by sacrifice, by leaving your shoes at the door to come in. 
Hmm? Not taking the baggage with you of a biological and psychological sense of self. To let go of that. Hmm? This uh, sacrifice gives birth to attachment and a loving attachment. Hmm? So what does it mean, Vishvatma? The soul of the world. We are the soul of the world in one sense. But then we are at a spark, as I said earlier, of the fire. So there's the Paramatma feature. Hmm? The world soul. Hmm? Vishnu means, means, means everywhere. All pervasive. Vishnu, the soul of the world. Hmm? The soul of the world. But we're talking about Krishna here. We just learned that Krishna's partial manifestation is the, is the, is the Vishnu, Narayana of Vaikuntha. So it cannot mean like that here. Hmm? He who comes to give bhava to everyone. Hmm? And these brajbhavas hmm, that I'm talking about. Hmm? He is Vishvatma. Vishvatma means here what? That he is the soul of the world in the sense that the world's soul is what we are like essentially driven for. It said if you lose, in the Bible, if you think you lose your, you gain the world, but you lose your soul, you lose everything or something like that. What profiteth a man if he gains the world but loses his soul? Hmm? So if you lived but haven't loved, then you can say, you haven't lived. Hmm? You live but haven't loved. You haven't, we're love driven. Hmm? What is the, where, where will we find a love? Where is love? Well, in one sense, if love is the soul, if you will, of the world, that's what it's essentially about, then, yeah, we are the object of love. Why do we love things? Because we're in them. Because we think they're ours, therefore we love them. It's our house, therefore we like it. Hmm? It's our car, therefore if something happens to it, it's important. If we drive by and somebody else's car is broken, you can just keep going. <laughs> Poor guy. It's the same make and the same model. What's the difference? Is that I'm in it. In other words, consciousness has the capacity to extend itself into material things, and then we think that the things are lovable when they're really only lovable because we're in it. Hmm? The consciousness is what's lovable. And if, after all, Matter can't even... Love is graded on a scale of reciprocation. You know? I know you love me, but you never say so. You never say it. How do I know? You might have heard that before. So, (laughs) you know, matter's not going to respond back to you. It's not going to say, I love you. So, it doesn't... We are the object of love. Shri Jiva Goswami explains in Pakistan, we are the, the Atma is the object of love in this world. But why is it lovable, as we know from Brahma Bimohan Leela? Why is it lovable? Balaram taught us. Why is it lovable? Hmm? Because it's part and parcel of the Paramatma, who is the partial manifestation, as we just heard, of Krishna. Hmm? Hmm. So, he's Vishvatma. He's the soul of the world in this sense. He entering into the world to give Brajbhavas to other people, to display his leela of intimacy, the secret place, Svetadweep, private island, make it, make it accessible to others. Hmm? He is, in this sense, the soul of the world because he's answering what 
the world is after, providing in the form of himself the perfect object of love in which the love that we're all pursuing, that is kind of what's driving the world, makes the world go around, and it's its, its soul in that sense. Hmm? He is a the object that corresponds with that in these forms of love and intimacy, like parental love, friendly love, and madhurya love, hmm? or romantic love. So, then he says what? So, the king, Raj Parikshit, further glorifies Sukadeva, the boy. Hmm? He says, Nibhititarshayar. This is you. He's talking about the person who's qualified to speak hmm, about these topics. Hmm? It said, there's a Sufi saying, that that which comes from the heart will enter the heart. That which comes from the tongue will only pass through the ears, I guess it means, through one ear and out the other. Hmm? He had no nibhritatarsha. He had nibhritatrishna. He had no taste. Hmm? No thirst. What did the Buddha say? This is the problem, right? Trishna. Thirst for things. This is, this is the problem. Hmm? This is the source of all, all suffering. As soon as you want something, you're going to be troubled to get it. You have to move. You have to struggle and so forth. Hmm? So, Sukadev, he says, you, he, you are very qualified because you have no thirst for the world. Hmm? We can see it in your nakedness. Hmm? You have nothing, you want nothing, you need nothing. Hmm? Hmm. Still, you are preoccupied with this um, topics about Krishna. And it is manobiram. It is very, these topics, very pleasing to the mind. You know, if you want to be like the Buddha, that's okay. But you might as sit in front of a white wall for ten hours a day. That's not manobiramat. That's not real pleasing to the, to the mind. It's, it's good to calm the mind and stop thinking. But it's, it's not so easy to, to do in that way. Now, to hear about Krishna is not so difficult. Hmm? He says, it's very easy to do. And it's not something to do to attain something. It itself is the attainment. He says, you are free from any material attachment and you're speaking, relishing the topics of Krishna in the present. It means it's for practice and for perfection. Bhakti, for the sake of bhakti. Oshari means medicine. For for Bhavya, this means not Baba but Bhava. Bhava Sindhu, ocean of material emotion and existence. Hmm? This is the remedy for this. This is the, this is this is this is this is the medicine. Hmm? And hmm? Hmm. and he who hmm, is is the Final word, the Uttam Shloka. It means like that, the last word. It also means who's described in beautiful poetry. This is the this is the work of the, the Ras Shastras. It's all poetic, layered and layered with 
meaning and so forth. Love is a very uh, kind of secret language. Only lovers can can understand it. You have names and phrases and things that only you two know. Hmm? This is the language of the Bhagavatam. To enter into that, you have to meet a lover. Hmm? You have to meet someone who speaks the language of logic, who speaks the language of love and translates it into the language of logic, hmm? reason. Hmm? There must be, in the words, like I said, if you, if you speak from the heart, it will enter the heart. Hmm? You have to find a lover. Hmm? And that lover will be characterized negatively by nibhutitashair. Hmm? And no interest in things or thoughts about things. Hmm? And in the, language, in, the, in, the, in the opinion of the Bhagavatam, how will you give up the taste? As Gita says, Rasovarjam Rasopiasya Param Nivartate. You give up a lower taste. Mundane rasa, for bhakti rasa. That'll be complete. Giving up is a byproduct of bhakti. In jnana, he's talking about nivrititashi, he's not talking about a jnani or a Buddhist whose path is detachment. Hmm? The jnani is, is one of the angus or limbs of the path, the cultivation of detachment. In bhakti, it's not, we don't cultivate detachment, we cultivate love for Krishna. And in the context of loving Krishna, we find out certain things aren't pleasing to Krishna. So we reject them. That's our renunciation. It's a byproduct of loving. Hmm? After all, you have to understand that renunciation makes the heart hard. Hmm? Problem. Prem, bhakti, is about making the heart soft. Hmm? That's why you find throughout these sacred texts these renunciates, these tyagis, Mm-hmm. dressed in ashes and so forth, they're always getting angry and throwing curses and things. <laughs> uh, they're a little frustrated with their, their repression. Hmm? That's the idea. Hmm? No, but detachment in a beautiful way. But I should give up the things that are not pleasing to Krishna, not favorable to bhakti. Hmm? It becomes very natural. And, and the heart becomes softer by doing that. Hmm? So Nivrtitashir, this is a very peculiar type of renunciate because here he is, a renunciate, Sukadev, but he's completely absorbed in the love affairs of Radha and Krishna. Hmm? So, what is the nature of those love affairs? Hmm? He says here, so the, the Raja understands. He has such an appetite for this. Hmm? As I said, this is very rich meal here, the tenth canto. And, and Raj Parikshit, he's devoured, he's taken all the medicine of the further, first nine cantos, He's he's taken he's eaten all the appetizers there, and he is he is ready to to digest the whole, rich as it is the all the ghee saturated sweets of the tenth candle of the Bhagavatam. Mm. Yeah. If you are hungry, then then you can do it. If you have if, this is Rag Bhakti. He had some hunger for all of this. Mm. He glorifies Sukadev. He praises him. Hmm? And he deprecates his own self. Hmm? He goes on. He remembers, oh, my, my what is it, grandfather Arjuna hmm? and other relatives. And he, he reflects back. The battle of Kurukshetra, you saved them. And even me, I was in the womb of Uttara and you protected me. He's, he's, he's exhibiting the, the symptoms of a Sharanagata. 
a surrendered soul. I was completely dependent upon you. This is fully in place. You see, if you want uh, to... Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi is saying, first deserve, then desire. So, all things in due course. If you say, I want to eat that whole cake, you have to have a, you have to deserve, you have to have the kind of hunger that can digest that, right? We find this kind of hunger in Brikshit Marsh. And he's a Sharanagata. He was completely dependent on Krishna. And he's an example of how cultivating that works in a very peculiar, difficult situation. Krishna protected him. Hmm? That's another whole story of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? He's remembering that here. Hmm? And it's fostering his enthusiasm to hear more, hmm? to, to devour the, the plate, if you will, of this uh, tenth canto. Hmm? And so he continues to praise um, uh, Sugadev. He says, please tell me about how the story of, of, of Balaram, how he was transferred from Rohini. He must have been transferred for, from Devaki to Rohini. How did he get born in the Braj? What did Krishna do after he killed Kamsa? Because this is all paraphrased in the ninth canto. This is just like giving him a... a, a just wetted, it's wetted his appetite. He wants to know, have all the details of this. What happened in Dwarka? Who did he marry? Tell me everything about him. He asks all these questions and he says... I'm aching to hear these things. I see, he said, uh, this is my food and this is my drink and my problem has been solved because my whole problem is the result of food and drink, he says. That's my whole problem. I'm dying because of eating. What? We think if we don't eat, we will die. He's saying, eating killed me. Hmm? The urge to eat caused me to do something unbecoming hmm? and brought about my, the curse that I, that I would die. He was uh, in the forest and he was hungry and thirsty. He came to a sage's place. The sage was in trance, didn't recognize him, didn't offer him food or drink. He became upset with the sage, did something unbecoming, and the sage's son cursed him to die in seven days. And hmm, here he is now. Hmm? And he's given up food and drink, and he's listening only to the kata, the topics about Krishna from Sugadev. And this is his food and drink. He stopped eating. He's forgotten about eating, really, and drinking. And he's living, hmm? he says. This is, this is, this is real life. I've ended, I really, this is, this is death ending. Hmm? I've stopped eating and I'm living. And I thought, if I don't eat, how will I live? Hmm? And that's how we think. If we don't eat, how will we live? Hmm? Well, this is, the, this, is the, this is the answer of the Bhagavatam. Therefore we hear of the Goswami, Srinivas said what? Sankhyapu Bhaganama Ganana TV. Nidrahara Vihara Kivijito Sankhyapu Bhaganama they forgot, they got absorbed in hearing and chanting again and again, and they did it in a regular way. They whole, it became a lifestyle for them only. Hmm? And they forgot to eat. They forgot to sleep. Hmm? They forgot about mating. Hmm? They had no fear. 
eat, sleep, mate, defend. Hmm? This is a material life. They forgot about these things. Hmm? We are preoccupied with these things, thinking that if we don't do them, we'll die. The fact of the matter is, they are killing us. Hmm? You understand what I'm saying? That means we have attachment to this moral frame that's, you know, it's on death row. Hmm? And, we, and we think, if I don't feed it, I won't, I won't exist. Hmm? If I don't take, this is the bottom line, right? If you don't eat, you won't live, so you have to take on some level. Such a beautiful thing about bhakti that we go to the very bottom level of the bottom line. If I don't eat, I won't exist. The basis of our material existence, in one sense, is eating. And right there, right at that point, we begin the spiritual practice. By what? Like we all day cooking and offering the food to Krishna. Hmm? So this is not eating. We know that. We're fasting. But, <laughs> but also, the prashad, that's not eating. Let's do honor the remnants. And this is what Uddhava said in Bhagavatam. He said, look at me. I wear the hand-me-downs of Krishna. This is his royal advisor in Dwarka. I wear the hand-me-downs of the, of the Prince Krishna. When Krishna decides, I don't like that outfit anymore, he gives it to me. Hmm? He says, that's prashad, just like the food remnants of Krishna. So the dress. He says, I wear them. And he said, and this is my renunciation. You understand? This is my renunciation. I wear the hand-me-downs of Krishna. Other people dress in ashes and live in the Himalayas and do all kinds of austerities and things, but this is what I do. I only eat the remnants of Krishna. I only wear the clothes that he leaves behind. How you have to understand how much more ego-effacing of an idea that is. Hmm? It's one thing to renounce and not do anything. It's another thing to be a servant of someone. There's a big difference. Hmm? You understand? I may give up taking and be peaceful. But if I have to be a servant, which is the basis of love. If you love someone, you want to serve them. Hmm? Then you're not going to be taking. Hmm? For sure. Hmm? Still you're going to be active doing everything, but everything for that person. Hmm? If, you, if you want to... It's just like this. If you want to give up, renounce, that's one thing. So, okay. That means you take all your material desires and put them in a hole, dig them, and cover it up. That's one thing. But bhakti means you, you put a temple on top of it Hmm? It will never come up again. Hmm? It will never come up again. Hmm? So it's such a pleasant idea. Imagine, he's wearing the royal clothes of Krishna. Nice clothes. Hmm? This is our renunciation. Hmm? In service. Hmm? Hmm? So he says, and he concludes this part in terms of his glorification of, 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 of the, uh, the sage. He's, he wants to say something to stimulate him and, and Sugadeva has become so stimulated to speak. Having such a student, it's so hard to find a good guru, we say. Yeah? I've heard it's hard to find a good student. Hmm? It's hard to find a good student. Sugadeva has found the perfect student here. He's given up eating and sleeping just to hear what, 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 whatever he says. And he thinks, eating and sleeping is killing me. Hmm? And he's right. Hmm? He's right. <laughs> it's a backwards idea from our, you know, everyday thinking. If I don't eat, I'll die. Hmm? Yeah. Krishna consciousness means you don't eat. 
That's what it means. It means you don't sleep either, unless you're told. Sleep, get some rest so you can do some service. And if you do that right, then you don't sleep, you dream about Krishna. And no eating, no eating allowed here. Only offering to Krishna. Taking the remnants, that's a service. If you come to the temple and I say, please take some prasad, you say, I'm fasting. That is aparad. They become a fence. Hmm? No. What? <laughs> fasting? <laughs> this is prasadam. This is like, fasting is included in that and something more. Hmm? No taking is included in that and so much more. Hmm? So Sukadev is hearing this. Imagine how enthused he is now to hear the interest in the subject matter. Hmm? On the part of the Raj, it's, it's, we've gone through nine cantos here. We're at the tenth canto. This is it. Sugadev, what will he do? He'll begin to speak, and what will he say? He'll say, what a good student you are. The, the perfect equation here. Perfect teacher, perfect student. What will come out of that? Burayantas parasparam. Katayantas chamamnityam. Tushanti cha, ramanti cha. Tushanti cha and ramanti cha. This will come. Samandarupa bhakti. Kamanuga bhakti. Tushanti. Ramanti cha, hmm? bodayantas parasparam, hmm? katayantas jamam nityam. Hmm? Hmm? Krishna describes, this is what my devotees are. Here's an example of them. Hmm? Mutually enlightening one another. The speaker, what does he say? Sukadev begins, he says, these topics are so nice that you are promoting here, that you want me to talk about. They are so nice that they purify the speaker, the inquirer, Hmm? And those who, who, who hear it, hmm? in that order, he says, you have done such a favor to me. Hmm? I will now speak about it, and I will get the most benefit. You have inquired, you will get the next benefit. And people who are in the audience and here, they will get the next benefit down. Hmm? The most benefit will come to me. Hmm? So he's, he's thinking, such a, an opportunity you've presented to me to talk about Krishna. I owe my life to you. This is how the guru feels. I'm indebted to you. I'm sold. I'm purchased by you. Hmm? This is his or her feeling. Sugadev is, is voicing this. Hmm? And with this then, we have to stop, I think. We're over time probably, I'm sure. <laughs> a little bit, right? We're going in this incremental... Periods here. What time is it? Uh, 9.17. Oh yeah, we did it all along. So now he'll then he'll now he'll begin the story. Hmm? Mm-hmm. We got a couple more sessions. We got a lot to go. So, Grantarasimad Bhagavad Gita. See you in a few minutes.